Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello, friends. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. This is Megan. This week, I'm joined by only Lauren. Hi. (laughs) We're missing one. When we'll be missing one for quite some time. Would you like to share the wonderful news as to why Lindsay is, I don't want to say no longer with us. That makes her sound dead. (laughs) She is definitely not dead. She is just busy because... Lindsay just had a baby. So Yay. She, yeah, she is on maternity leave. And you know, here at Ambitious Ed slash Woke Hippie Teaching, we offer ample maternity leave. <laughs> as long as she wants it, she can be gone. Exactly. So you'll probably only be hearing from uh, Lauren and myself for some time. But Lindsay, if you're listening, we're sending you all the good vibes. And we'll probably speak on your behalf and just be like, yeah, she'd absolutely agree with us on these things. Yeah, I think we that's a fair assessment that we can say. Now, I'm going to change the subject real quick because I have okay. a major clarification from our grading episode. Oh, okay. What's that? Animaniacs, the original episode's are in fact on Hulu. Good. Okay. I thought so. Oh, I'm so glad. I am as well because it is something that my daughter and I have decided to watch repeatedly. We spent like three and a half hours watching the original episodes the other day and it was complete and utter magic. So I thought I would clear up any, (laughs) any misconceptions about my Animaniacs love and or knowledge by starting the episode as such. Well, I hope all that does is is motivate people to go and watch it. You said it's Hulu, yes? Yes, I did. Okay, this is not an ad, but I'd be totally down for being sponsored by Animaniacs on Hulu. As would I. And in case I need to run around the Warner movie lot, I don't live very far from it. So bring it on, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. <laughs> Well, on that note, and you kind of even brought this up a little bit, speaking about, you know, hanging with your daughter, and then now Lindsay has just joined this club of motherhood. I am not a member of this club, but I have a lot of respect for moms. So I wanted to ask you, have you heard of mom guilt? Oh, heard it, lived (laughs) it, could probably have a few therapy sessions on such of a topic. Yes, it is a real, real problem. A hundred percent. So what comes comes to mind when you hear that term mom guilt? What doesn't come to mind? Immediately what I think of is shooting yourself. And I realize that you know what I mean by that. But our other <laughs> listeners might not. Megan and I, side note, had another podcast called Cafeteria Confidence, which is fabulous. You can listen to it on iTunes. But we had talked about the word should and how when we use the word should, we're comparing ourselves to things that might not necessarily be healthy. And we called it shoulding yourself because we're very funny. (laughs) And so when I think of mom guilt, I think of the shoulds. Mm -hmm. Should I have done something different? Should I be doing more for you? And what I often think about sometimes is what am I doing now that will lead you to talk about when you have a therapist as an older person, and what horrendous damage am I doing by watching Animaniacs with you for four hours? (laughs) 
I think a lot. And again, I am not a mother, so I can be completely wrong, but you just let me know. But when I was thinking about this, a few things that came to mind was absolutely like social media. Like I feel like there's a lot of mom guilt on social media. And it's that kind of thing like starting down from like from the get go, like people are shaming somebody who had a C-section or people shaming over formula fed or breastfed or or what preschool did your child go to or did you whatever like it's it it really seems like from like my outsider perspective that it doesn't matter <laughs> what it is people are judging and making somebody else feel guilty all the time. Totally and completely, especially the one about breastfed versus formula mm-hmm. fed really strikes a chord with me because I had wanted to breastfeed my daughter mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. I just couldn't get the mechanics of the action down. Um, and on top of that, she was tongue tied and so she wouldn't latch. And then if she did latch, it was like toe curling, seeing stars pain. Ooh. And I went to all sorts of different specialists and did all of the things and still felt like I was letting my child down because dare I say I formula fed her. I mean, I ended up pumping for like a month round the clock. It was like I was a cow and I, I just felt so icky, but I held on to it because I had to breastfeed. Breast is mm-hmm. best. But mm-hmm. when I finally let go of that idea and like got some sleep and realized my kid needs to eat and so I have to put my pride aside, things got a little better. And then it became, and I kid you not, the difference between European formula and American formula. So if you really? give your child American formula is like, quote, giving them McDonald's. But if you give them the European formula, because the Europeans don't have the additives. Huh. But how, where, as, as someone who lives in America, where are you getting European formula? You buy it online. Here in the United States, there is a formula shortage. Uh, I think it's just a United States thing. But I, again, someone who like does not, you know, have a say in this, I was getting irritated on other people's behalf because of the amount of people saying things like, oh, well, there's this formula shortage. You could just breastfeed. I'm like, well, that's not something everyone can do. Right. And And it's not entirely comfortable. It is not entirely natural. It is not entirely anything that anybody tells you that it is. If you were able to do it, I am thrilled for you. If you loved it, I am thrilled. But I also didn't love it didn't work for me. And I formula fed my child and she is smart. She doesn't have ear infections and she's super tall and <laughs> she's amazing. So it is not the end all that. be all. No. And, and that it's such a good example of what we're going to talk about today, teacher guilt. And I 100% believe that teacher guilt is a thing in the same way that mom guilt is a thing. So whether it's like staying later than your contracted hours or spending your own money on something or, or sometimes, and I wrote self-inflicted guilt where you feel like you're not reaching every child as much as, as you would want to. So I thought we'll talk about teacher guilt and hopefully turn it into something positive by the end of our episode. But I wanted to ask you, can you think of a time when you felt teacher guilt? And if you need time to think, I wrote down a long old list of (laughs) times I felt guilt. So... Okay, I'm going to think. Okay, do you want some of my ideas or do you want some time? Well, I don't know what you want. Do you want me to sing a song in the background? (laughs) I do. Can it be the Animaniacs theme song? No. Um, Teacher guilt. The one thing after 
the interlude of thinking that comes to mind, and I'm sure there's a long list as you share yours, is not going to events on the weekend, like the fairs or the school plays or the talent shows or whatever else happens after hours because, gosh darn it, it is after hours and I don't want to sit through that. I actually wrote that down. That's funny that you said that. So unpaid hours. And I think people have a misconception when they're like, oh, like we do like trunk or treat, um, breakfast with Santa, things like that. And I think people are like, oh, well, you know, those are fun things. And they are. Don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right. They're fun. I don't at all mind decorating my car and handing out candy to the kids. But I think something that people don't get is like, we're still on that entire time. Like you are still representing the school. It is still mini conferences. Every time a parent comes up to you, you know, you're still taking pictures with everybody. And so it is still like working. Do you want to hear some of the other things on my list? Yes. Okay. So I said no, by the way. Would you just move I'd be on? like, well, guess what? No, I'm gonna <laughs> say, <laughs> I'm gonna say them at you anyways. And uh please pretend to be interested. So looking for any type of like career advancement outside mm, of teaching. Mm, girl, yes. And Let's I come back that, to that one. Thank you. And I put that one at the very top because I was like, mm, something tells me there's a lot of other people right now, you know, maybe feeling that. And then here's another big one, at least for me, comparing myself or my classroom to ones I see online. Mm-hmm. Pinterest is yep. just the worst place you can go. Yeah. So either teacher talk, I think that's a thing for TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, all of those things. And then like, guilt over students that I wasn't able to help as much as I wanted, or maybe didn't end up seeing the results the way I had hoped um, leaving right after dismissal. (laughs) Even though like the hours are over, and maybe I've got to get birdie to the vet or a doctor's appointment. But like something about that makes me feel guilty taking a sick day. (laughs) You know what I also feel teacher guilt over? Hmm. Go with me here. It's like retroactive teacher guilt where I may have evolved as a teacher But I did things that now as a person, I'm like, you know what, that probably wasn't the best teacher move. But then I feel bad that I did it to begin with. And I'm like, oh, man, I've just messed up kids for all sorts of reasons because I did popcorn reading and they stammered over their words. And that's probably the thing that they remember from being in my class, which I don't know if they do, but it's like I feel bad that retroactively that that happened. And I think when it comes to that kind of thing, it's the whole when you know better, you do better. I did popcorn reading before. The other thing that I used to do that I absolutely would not do now are any type of behavior charts, like someone getting up and going to move their clip publicly in front of the whole like I'm super against any type of public humiliation like that. But like I used to have a behavior chart that I loved. So I think that's just one of those things, like just like with anything, you know, you get older, you learn more. And when you know better, you do better, hopefully. Progress, not perfection. That a girl. And I actually wrote that down a little bit later. Ah! (laughs) All right. Why don't we take a little break? We'll come back with some ideas about how to, I don't know, deal with teacher guilt, combat teacher guilt, all of the above. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So we talked about teacher guilt. What do we feel guilt over? Sadly, there seems to be no shortage of topics that teachers are made to feel guilty about. Uh, So what can we do? Now, I did find an article, but I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) I am not about to tell you (laughs) all of the things from this article. I very much took things that I liked and then kind of sprinkled my own little Megan flavor on top of them. So it's 11 tips for dealing with teacher guilt by 
starsaxstein for educationweek.org. Now, this is back in 2015, and I did make like a little important note. So this is like pre-2016 election, pre-pandemic. Oh, boy. Etc. When I was reading this, I was like, oh, girl, if only you could go back in time and be like, do we even know what stress and guilt are? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. Exactly. In the, in the worst way possible. Here are some of my favorite ideas, and I wanted to get your two cents on all of them. So they are inspired by Star Saxstein's article with, you know, my own little little spin. All right. So here's the first thing we can do to help dealing with teacher guilt. Start every day as a new day. If something went down yesterday, maybe a rough email, parent email, rough meeting, student behavior, it is all in the past. Today's a fresh start. Use that to your and your students' advantage each day. Mm, this is my face. <laughs> and I, I appreciate the sentiment of carpe diem, seize the day. Mm -hmm. They The present is a gift. That's why they call it the present. <laughs> Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Ooh, namaste, uh, namaste, namaste. You haven't heard that one? Minus well, that the namaste. I, <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment, but speaking personally, it can be really, really hard to shake off the icky 100%. when the icky is there because so much of who we are. I should say who I am as a teacher goes into it that the icky lingers and mm -hmm. it's really hard to reset when things are bad. It makes me think of people being like, oh, well, don't take it so personally. I'm like, well, this is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, this is a personal career. Teaching is personal. Teaching's political. Teaching is personal. It's hard not to take personal something that I put so much of my blood, sweat, tears, and own money into. I know at least for me, especially when it comes to those parent emails, it's hard for me to bounce back from those. My mom would tell me like, oh, well, you, you know, you're focusing on the one unhappy person, not the 29 families who like love what you do and, and all those things like, oh yeah, logically my mind can understand that, but it doesn't change my, my feelings. So I think this is one of those like, okay, easier said than done. Okay. So here is our next one. And you said it earlier, progress, not perfection which I feel like is just our motto. I'm, I mean, like you and me personally, no matter what. So it says, you are human, so let that humanness show. You made a mistake, okay, own it, point it out. You can apologize if needed. And when it comes to students, you can show examples of problem solving with your students or better yet, have them help you problem solve. Everybody could share about making mistakes. It happens. Teachers are put on like a pedestal of sorts in a way where like you're not supposed to be human you shouldn't ever make mistakes and that really makes me mad and I know we've talked about it with like not being able to have like a life outside of school because you're constantly judged but there was a girl that I'm social media friends with and she had posted a note that her son's teacher wrote the teacher spelled a word wrong but you could tell like from my mind I was looking at it like she wrote it at the very end of the day like she was just trying to write something down real quick like the handwriting was super fast and I'm like I've been in that position where it's like oh the bell is ringing, but I've got to let I've got to write this thing real quick. I don't know. That kind of ticks me off. I'm like, oh, okay, so you've never spelled something wrong. So let's so at your job, it would be cool for like your boss or one of your customers to take a picture of a mistake you made and post it publicly. Like, I, I don't know that did not sit well with me. I hear you that there's a pedestal that teachers are put on. And that I think is so hard and adds to the sense of teacher guilt because you're compared against, I don't know, Mrs. Frizzle, who's got a freaking <laughs> magic school bus and an outfit that goes with every lesson that she's teaching. How can you compete with that? You can't. Then you add on top of it platforms that allow mistakes 
forced to be publicly ridiculed and like rate my teacher websites where you literally get a rating as being a person. I mean, the idea of being a person who can own their mistakes and learn from their mistakes and be reflective about it does sit well with me because that can help the ickiness of needing to be perfect. All right. So then one more thing about what we can do to deal with teacher guilt, and that is boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Do you want to guess the first thing I wrote down? Something I feel. Your email off your phone. (laughs) I said, don't you dare put that school email on your phone. Like I was yelling at our listeners. Sorry, guys, but I feel that strongly about it. And then I go on to write more about like, so do you enjoy Pinterest and Instagram scrolling? Great. But if those socials are causing guilt and having you compare yourself to others, maybe limit them. Or you could have one account strictly for school stuff. So I was thinking like, instead of your everyday Instagram, like where you're, you know, seeing your friends and family, you could like have to make the effort to like mentally switch and be like, okay, I'm going to go to like my school account and look at school things. So it doesn't like the lines don't blur. I know I feel bad about myself when I look through things that are supposed to not make me feel bad about myself, if that makes sense. Like, I used to go on Pinterest for hairstyles, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. my waterfall braid doesn't look like the waterfall braid in the picture, and that really sucks. So I can't do this anymore. And so I guess when it comes to teaching, it's like, oh, when I look at somebody's classroom and they've got couches and lanterns and cafe lights and the wall garden thing, and I just can't make my classroom look like that. And I feel bad about myself. So I I don't engage. Yeah, I think that's the point there is that anything that's going to make you compare yourself to others, and whether that is Pinterest looking classrooms, Instagram thing, like all of the above, I, 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 I don't think it serves you in any way. If that works for people, because I definitely am the person who's got the lights and the couch in their classroom. But like, I feel like with teaching, It's so easy to feel like you are not doing enough, but at the same time, we're all kind of like running on empty. Mm -hmm. So it's like not only are you lighting the candle at both ends, pushing yourself, but then like, you know, I open up Instagram and I see all these other people like, oh, doing a TikTok dance on their lunch break. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even get to go to the bathroom today on my lunch break. (laughs) Like, how nice. You know what also really stinks about what it is in this boundaries section that we're in is how much teachers are recognized for breaking boundaries. A hundred percent. How much you get the proverbial gold star because you stayed late and you worked extra and that you're here early doing all of the extra things and that you do the extra craft. And it's like, I, I, I kind of feel bad when sometimes I say, do I have to be here? Because you know what it is? This is what it is. You're going to laugh at me. (laughs) It is pieces of flair from office space. You know the scene that I'm talking about? Yeah. Where the other guy is pointed out for having extra flair and Jennifer Aniston is like, but I have the exact same thing that you you told me that I need to have. Like, if I'm supposed to have more, make that the thing that I'm supposed to have. But I hate this idea that somebody gets rewarded for doing more, for overextending themselves, when really we should be saying, pause. Don't do all of those extra things. Have a life. Get some sleep. Mm-hmm. Take time for yourself. And all of the other stuff you can do if you so desire, but there's no pressure. And you shouldn't be rewarded for not doing those things. 
or you shouldn't be punished, I should say, for not doing the things that are extra to begin with. Well, and even on the flip side, it's not like people get rewarded for those extra things. Like it's not like I ever got paid extra for being the first car in the parking lot and the the last car to leave at the end of the day. Like you nailed it where it comes to teachers, I don't know, maybe are not expected to have any type of boundary. Or like when I have a parent stop me at Target on a Saturday morning, and all I was trying to do was get a birthday card. And I'm stuck in there for 45 minutes listening to this dad tell me about his child's speech. Sir, I am not even awake. I haven't finished my coffee. I legit just put a hoodie on and like hopped out of bed. (laughs) Now, do you put out the vibe when you do that of like, do not talk? Don't talk to me. So much so that like, I will wear headphones. But people mm. don't care. They're just in there. There's no music because they're just exactly. in there. <laughs> it's just, just me trying not to talk to anybody. But okay, why don't we take a break? We'll come back with some anti-PD tips. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our anti-professional development tips. This week, we're doing things a little bit differently. Instead of reading some pre-written tips for you with Lindsay gone, we are going to create our own and tell you exactly what stuck with each of us from this episode, our biggest takeaways. So Lauren, would you like to go first and tell us what is your biggest takeaway from this episode? Well, you asked me if I'd like to go first. Does that mean that I can pass? (laughs) Sure, you want me to go first? (laughs) I would love for you to come back to me. All right. I don't think this is going to be any great shock to anyone, but I think my biggest takeaway from this would be, can I say more than one? Well, I guess we're creating the rules as we go. So sure. Do whatever we want. Would be having that personal life. Like you deserve to have all of those things. Teaching is your career. It's not your entire life. So enforcing those boundaries, not putting your email on your phone. Please don't make me yell it at you people. Leaving at a decent time, feeling fresh and relaxed and healthy and like you're fulfilled in all of those other parts. You are more than a teacher. It is not your identity. All right. This one will come as no shock to you because you know me. But that's going to be to be your authentic self as both a person and as a teacher. When you come from this place of who you are as your essence, everything falls into line and you can do more if you feel like it. And you can very easily say, you know what, that more is not for me, that kind of boundary idea. And you stop shooting yourself because you're no longer needing to compare yourself to what everybody else has done because the shoulds are not there. (laughs) So heal yourselves of the shoulds, everybody. Stop shooting yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Well, there you have our two anti-professional tips for this week. Anti-professional tips? What did I say? (laughs) Anti-professional. We want them to be as professional as possible. You're going to make me feel like I'm shitting myself again. There you have our two anti-PD tips. Now I'm totally, totally gone. For the week, we will see you next class. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next class.